this morning. It's it, um, Proverbs chapter 19, verse 21. It says, many plans are in a man's mind. Many plans. But it is the Lord's purpose for him that will stand. Many plans are in a man's mind. You know, you have a lot of plans. But it is the Lord's purpose, not Lord's plan, the Lord's purpose for your life that will stand. There's one thing that is the most important thing in life, for every life that's on the earth. Just one thing that is most important for my life and your life. The Lord's purpose for your life. The Lord's purpose for your life. Because you can have all your plans, but the only thing that will stand is the Lord's purpose for your life. Now, the meaning of the word purpose in the Hebrew, according to the scriptures, is the original intent. Original intent. God's original intent. That's what will stand. And if you want to discover God's original intent for your life, your original intent, go to Genesis chapter 1. From verse 1 through verse 26. That's God's original intent. And that's never changed. His original intent remains the same. And the, another meaning of the word uh, purpose in the Hebrew. Will. Will. Many of us say I want to do the will of God. Basically, what you're saying, I want to go back to God's original intent for my life. God's will for my life. What is God's will for my life? God, let your will be done in my life. What you're saying, I need God's original intent, His intention for creating me. That's what I want. That's what I want in my life. That's what you're saying. The word means will. The, the another word, the, another meaning for the word is why. That word why means why it exists. You see, everything that God does has a purpose. God doesn't do anything without a purpose. There is a purpose for your living. There's a purpose why you're here this morning. God doesn't allow anything without a purpose. It's not why you are, but why you exist. Not the train itself, not the tree itself, but why does the tree exist? That's what's important to God, the purpose. And so it's the same thing as the purpose for your life. And we're talking about praise and worship. And you're wondering, what has this got to do with praise and worship? Now, let me digress a little bit. The word God. When you say the word God, the meaning of the word God is the self-existing one. That's not his name. When we say that, it's God, you're saying you are the self existing one. Am I right? That's what you believe. Yeah, he's self-existing. Secondly, you're saying 
God, you are the self-sufficient one. Right? You don't need anything. God's not going to be happier tomorrow. Hello? You can't make him happier. There's nothing you can do to make God happier. Or feel more powerful. There's nothing. He needs nothing. He is God. He's self-existing. He has all things. He needs nothing. He told the Jews, all those animals you think you're bringing to sacrifice, they, I own all of them. You're not doing anything for me. When you say God, you are saying, God, you are the one, you, are, you don't need anything, you don't even need me. He's God Almighty. So when God asks you to praise Him, it's not for Him. When God asks you to worship Him, it's not for His benefit. He needs nothing. God needs nothing. God doesn't need you to sing to Him. He's got all the angels. Some of us can't really sing that good either. He's got millions of angels. And they faithfully, daily worship Him. They worship Him. I mean, they are dedicated in their worship. He doesn't need my singing. They sing to Him all the time. I mean, day and night. It's not for Him that you, God's asking you to worship Him. He needs nothing. It is for you. It's for your benefit. Not for His benefit. It's for you. It's for you. That's why I talked about the message is titled, The Power of Praise and Worship. It's not for God. God already knew he was the most powerful being. You can say, God, you are powerful, you are strong. He already knew that before you existed. He knew that. You don't have to tell him that. He already knew that. So when we worship him, how beautiful, how awesome, the angels have been saying that. I don't know. He knew that. He, knew that. he needs nothing. It's really not for him. It's for me. I need it for my benefit. That's the purpose of praise and worship. And if you do it in the way that God accepts, something changes about your life. Something changes about your life. Listen to this scripture in, in Psalm 19. One, two, three. It says, The heavens declare the glory of God. That was before you were born. They've been declaring it. The heavens. And the firmament shows its handiwork. Day unto day, they what? They speak. They're worshiping. Amen. Angels, everything. They speak. And night unto night, reveal knowledge. They are telling us how great God is. Amen? Yes. If you pay attention and look, the universe is speaking to us. 
how awesome this God is. How great he is. How much he doesn't need anything. He has everything. How awesome is speaking to us. Great knowledge. There is no speech, no language where the voice is not heard. It doesn't matter what language. These things speak to us about the, the, the greatness of our God. When you look at the earth, how great this God must be so great. Do I have to tell him for him to know how great he is? He already knew it. So, but when I praise him, I draw in part of his greatness. Amen? We draw part of his greatness into us. So, worship and praise actually is for our benefit. Look at this scripture, Psalm 147 verse 1. Praise the Lord, for it is good. Good for God now. Good for you. Yeah. Listen. Praise. They're telling to you, hey, praise the Lord. It is good. Not for God, for you. It's good for me to praise God. You know why we are so hesitant and feel not free to do that? Because the enemy knows when you start doing that, you're going to be free. He knows it. So you bring your dignified self and you say, well, I can't do that. Well, stay sour then. Freedom in his presence. Fullness of joy. And the joy of the Lord is your strength. Notice it's not for Him. When you praise Him, you're filled with joy. It's something interesting. You can't even explain it. I remember when I got saved. I could kiss anything around. Even my enemies. I mean, it was so good. You're feeling Jesus inside of you. You just love them. I, can, I saw the flowers. They went, look at the flowers. They good luck. He's been there. But you see things differently. Because the king has come. And you're worshipping him. The king and his kingdom. He says, for it is good to sing praises to our God. God doesn't care if you, if you sing or make joyful noise. Just sing. It's good for you. He says, for it is pleasant. And praise is beautiful. For God... <laughs> For you, he says, praise is comely. He transforms your life. It's not for God. It's really for us. You have to make yourself do it. Amen. The angels understand this. That's why they worship. Let me go a little bit because I can stay here for a while. It's really for your benefit. Sometimes we need to read scriptures and understand what power there is in praise. Every time the children of Israel want to go to war or they are starting something new, guess who God says to be in the forefront? Judah. Praise. Because Judah means praise. God says send Judah first. And they knew it. Judah has to be in the front. And when Judah is in the front, you can't fight them. Nobody can conquer them. There's nothing. That's why you can't defeat. Praise is for the church. For us to exalt. Not for God. When we do it, 
we are blessed. Even when you are feeling down and you begin to praise God, you draw in His presence. And when you, God's presence comes in, everything that's dark got to go. Remember, the light shines in the darkness and the darkness cannot comprehend it. When you praise God, light comes in and darkness, you see, darkness can never battle or fight with light. They don't stay together. What light comes in and darkness, I'm out of here. Amen. So we need to understand that praise brings in God's presence even when you're feeling down. I'm telling you, deliverance is right there with you. See, in the power of your tongue and what you do, you can praise Him and get free. In the very presence of God. So let me tell you how great this is. God's giving us revelation. In, in Psalm 149, God says this to us. He says, let. In other words, it's your responsibility to do it, right? Let, let. That means you allow it, right? If you don't allow it, it won't come. Let the high praises, not some kind of praise, high praises of God... Be in your mouth. Don't come to church yesterday. The angels are saying, we are worshipping God. What's wrong with him? What's the matter with him? He must have a lot of problems. The others are excited. Let's see if we can help him. That's just me, okay? Let the high praises of God be in your mouth. That's what God's telling you. For Him, no, for you. Let the high praises of God be in your mouth and a two-edged sword in your hand. If you see Jesus in Revelation, when John saw Jesus, he says, oh, he looked like the Son of Man, but there is a sword coming out of his mouth. Hello? That's what he's saying. The sword is an offensive weapon. The enemy sees it and says, we're in real trouble. That's what he's saying here. Not just when you're praising God, there is a battle going on. That's what the scripture is telling us. Why would you be saying, let the high praises of God be in your mouth, and then the next word is a sword? It's battle. When you praise God, you are in a battle. When something is not going right, Praise God. Worship Him. Tell Him what the Scriptures say. Rejoice in the Scriptures. Dance about the Scripture. Tell the enemy you believe the Word. Just praising Him. Let it come out of your mouth. And those are high praises of God because you are speaking the Scripture against what the enemy says. And as you continue, the enemy says, it's gotten too hot to this place. We've got to leave now. And your freedom shows up through praise. Let's go further in this scripture. It says to execute vengeance. My praise is executing vengeance on the enemy who has tormented me for some time. To execute vengeance on the nations. And punishment on the peoples, but they're talking about in Old Testament, that's the enemies of Israel. The way to, to punish them 
is praise God. Can you imagine? This is a secret God given to us. It says to bind their kings with chains. That's demonic forces. That Satan is planned against your life. Read in Isaiah 54. He says they shall surely gather. But I didn't send them. Who is he talking about? Demonic forces. They have meetings. They go to their covens and they are planning. And your name is on the agenda. To cause your marriage problem. To cause you financial difficulty. So you turn your attention from God. And you no longer believe that God is the most high God. Possessor of heaven and earth. You now start chasing your own way. And then God is so far from you. And they got you. To execute vengeance on the nations. And punishment on the people. To bind their kings with chains. And their nobles with feathers of iron. All of them demons principalities, powers, all of it. To execute on them the written judgment. It says, this honor, I feel like dancing. <laughs> this honor have all, that's every one of you. All of you have, it's an honor to execute judgment. To bind the enemy with chains. So free yourself and free those around you because you praise God. That's why we like to feel dignified when we come to the house of God. What's wrong with that brother? He's jumping over there. He's jumping because he's free and you have a lot of problems. <laughs> Please don't, don't fight me about that. Okay? Just get with it. But let me show you a scripture here. I like to stay with scripture because it's not man's opinion, okay? God has no obligation to fulfill man's opinion. But believe me, I've heard a lot of opinions. Some of them are crazy opinions. I mean, I don't know where they get it from. But they tell you, this, this is what I believe. I don't care what you believe. It's not in the Bible. I can't find it anywhere. Don't come to us. What you believe is in Hezekiah chapter 4 verse 1. There is no book like Hezekiah in the Bible. <laughs> it just sounds like Bible. Okay? But there's no book like that. But I saw it from Hezekiah chapter 4. There's no book like that. It doesn't exist. Stay with what God has given to us. I like to stay with scriptures. Ezekiel 30, 30, 28 tells us this. Verse 26. When you talk, we're talking about written judgment, okay? To execute the written judgment. This is what God says. And they will dwell safely there. Build houses. Can I hear an amen? They build houses. They will build houses. And plant vineyards. You know what I call this? Start businesses. Yes, they will dwell securely. When I execute judgments, can you see that? When I execute judgments. And how do you get this? When you praise God. 
When you praise God, He executes the judgment. That's the ripping judgment. So that you can build houses, you can dwell safely, and be fine. Let's just not read scriptures and say, that, that's nice. And don't believe that what God said He is able to do. God is able to do that. Then they shall know that I am the Lord, their God. <coughs> oh, excuse me. But when you praise, you may never know God's will being with you all that time. But He's been there around you all your life. And you've just been wasting away, hurting, because you won't let your tongue go. You won't have, let the high praises of God be in your mouth while you are on your bed. God says, while you are sleeping on your bed, Sing to him and see what God will do. Let me say this to you. This is very important. In Jude, chapter 1, verse 6, he says, The angels that did not keep their domain, he has reserved in chains, in darkness. What happened to those angels? They refused to do their duty. Praising God. Praising God. Satan said, Lucifer, I'm going to be like the Most High. I don't want to worship. I want to be worshipped. And God says, no. That's not going to happen. If you refuse to worship, you'll be in chains. He has reserved in everlasting chains. Did you read that scripture? Everlasting chains in darkness. Reserved for judgment. Because those angels said no. They are not going to sing phrases anymore. We are not going to do that anymore. We we, we, are tired of doing that. Those are my words. But that is exactly what happened, right? They rebelled. So praise brings light. When you praise God, you are inviting light into your life. When you abandon yourself in praise and worship, not for God. You invite light. This is the light that lights everyone that comes into the world. And so when you give praise to light, you imbibe light and light is in you, then you become a city set on a hill that cannot be hid. You are the light of the world. God's seeking those to worship Him, to worship Him in spirit and in truth. You know what that is? Everything that God creates is more comfortable in the place and will thrive in the a place where God created it. Genesis chapter 1. God said, let the creatures come out of the sea, right? Fish and all of that. Where are they more comfortable? In the sea. Where do they thrive the most? In the sea. What about the earth? 
Let there be trees and all of that. All these creatures coming out of the earth, animals from the tree. Where do they thrive the most? They go in the sea. That's not their place. The plant has to be planted right there. The firmament, that's the gases up there, the stars and all of that. They stay in the place. Everything that God wants to make, He creates for from what is there and they're supposed to be there he takes from what is there and he creates what he wants to be there on the earth to be on the earth sea to be on the sea but when god created man guess what he spoke to when god created the earth i mean animals from the earth what did he speak to he spoke to the earth right let those things come out of the earth they came out from the sea let them come out from the sea right and they came out from the firmament, they start, well, they stayed up there. From the, up there. But when God created man, what did he say? Let us. So who was he speaking to? Himself. We came from him. We're spirit beings. We're spirit beings. So Jesus says, in, uh, in, uh, in John chapter 4, God is a spirit. And he's seeking, seeking those to worship him, to worship him in spirit. And that's what God's seeking. Can you do it? Yes, you can. Yes, you can. Just let him find you. Just let him find you. And you have the ability to do it. (laughs) Unless you want to feel dignified, then you won't do it. But when you abandon yourself in true praise and worship to God, things happen. Jehoshaphat understood this. Jehoshaphat, he understood it. There were three kings that came to fight against Jehoshaphat. Ammon, Moab, and Mansir. Three kings from those places. They came to fight him. And he said, this is, this is where it's so good. The few defeat the many. Joseph says to God, I can't handle them. There's so many. I can't handle them. I can't fight with them. I need help. And God gave a prophecy. And God says, as you go out, put the choir ahead of you. <laughs> put the singers ahead of you. That's the battle. When praise goes, real battle goes. You can read that. And as they went and said, as soon as they started to sing, God sent an ambushment. He started wiping them out. Mansiah and Moab said, we don't like these other guys. Let's kill them all off. Not Judah, Judah now. They killed them and then they turned on one another and killed them. They just killed themselves. That's how God fought for them. That's an awesome God. That's in Second Chronicles chapter 20. You can read the whole chapter. I'm trying to go through this. But then I see something different with the King David. First Samuel. I, saw, I see something different. Second Samuel, I believe it's chapter 6. Uh, chapter six. David did something. Okay, this is so important. And I'm going to close with this because of time. This is so important. David did something. He thought, you know, I live in the palace. 
God's up there. I need to go get the ark and bring it down. And they went and got the priest and they were bringing the ark down. They put the ark in a, in, uh, on a cart. God didn't tell them to do that. But David wanted to impress. I got money now. We don't need people to carry them. We'll do that. Don't do what God tells you to do. Don't go by your own name. You'll you kill yourself doing that. Don't do it. Just do what God said to do. But he said, we got money now. We don't need priests carrying the way Moses said. Moses of the old school. We do it the modern way. The modern way with God. They did it the modern way. And somebody, God killed somebody. I'm sorry, really. Who's for it? Because they did it wrong. And David said, Whew. When it was, God was far away, this uh, uh, ark thing was far away, we were okay. If I bring it close, who knows? Some, he didn't realize it was the way he did it. So he shipped it to the house of Obedidom. And Obedidom was saying, You don't want the ark? Give it to me, please. <laughs> Give it to me. You don't want to worship? Give it to me. And he had it in his house for three months. And the Bible says, God blessed the house of Obedidom. I mean, there was so much. Everybody was talking about it. And some people went to this. David, we think you made a mistake, King. You really made a mistake. Because see, uh, God's blessing Obedidom for that ark. David said, really? You sure? Yeah. I'm telling you, we all seen it. Gospel according to good luck, okay? <laughs> he said, see, we all see it. But read it. That's, you can find it. Second Samuel chapter 6. He said, we all see it. And David said, well, really, that's true. I've got to get that thing from this man's house. I, I need to bring him close. So he went and he did it right this time, okay? He did it right this time. And David, the Bible says, he was dancing... If that happens in our church, we will be keeping, God, please help him. Something is not right. Okay? Because he was just moving. The Bible says he was twirling. Just like that. This was the king. The king. The greatest king in his time. He was worshipping and just, the Bible says he was jumping, twirling. He was doing all kinds of crazy stuff. Worshipping God. These days we call it crazy. But he was worshipping God so much. Second Samuel chapter 6 verse 14, please. It says, Then David danced before the Lord with all his might. Why don't we see that on Sunday morning? You are not a king. What's stopping you from doing this? Why you feel so dignified? King David was dancing like crazy. With all his might. And notice what he was doing. The Bible says, he danced. Hello, he's good to dance in the house of God. Amen. Amen. He danced before God. He danced. He danced with all of his might. Verse 15 says, So David and all his house, the household of Israel, brought up the ark of the Lord, with shouting, it's good to shout in the house of God. Amen? It's good to shout. It's not for God. God said to do it. Don't get religious on God. Do what God says. And know if you read in verse 22, David's wife, Michael, said to her, to him, he said, look, you, 
I mean, before just 21, she said, oh, you really dignify yourself before your people today. You just almost went naked in there with among these mates and all of that, making a fool of yourself, she said. And he said to her, it was before the Lord who chose me above your father <laughs> in his household. And she said in verse 22, listen, if that makes you feel bad, I'm going to be more undignified than this. Read it. Verse 22. I'm going to do it even more. Because God has chosen me above your father's house. And you know, God made a promise to David. He, he loved David, the man after his own heart. He said, through you, eh, the Christ will come. You will always have a king. You know, Jesus is called the son of David. Because he was a true worshiper. A true worshiper of God. A true worshiper of God. Let me read some of the ways because I got to close. He says, oh, clap your hands. Psalm 47 verse 1. Oh, clap your hands, all ye people. Can we do that right now? Let's clap to the Lord and Him. God's telling us. Yes. Clap your hands, all ye people. Clap your hands, all ye people. Shout unto God with the voice of triumph. Shout unto God with the voice of triumph. It's a commandment. That is how we execute the judgment. That is how we execute God's judgment. Clap your hands, all ye people. Shout unto God with the voice of triumph. When you are doing like a little mouse in church, we know we got problems. The voice of triumph before our God. Clap your hands. It says, for the Lord most high is awesome. He is a great king over the earth. You know, I was, I was, I heard this. You know, Queen Elizabeth. You know, uh, they were celebrating one of uh, the uh, nephews, a little boy, probably about four years old. They were celebrating the boy's birthday. When you are, when the king is pleased with you, you can get anything you want. This boy was about four years old. And she says, I want to bless him. I want, I, want, I, want to, I want to show him favor. So that island in the Caribbean, I'm going to name it after him. He's the owner of that island right now. Can you imagine that? When the king is pleased with you, he is the king of the kingdom. He'll bless you. I'm going to close with this. <laughs> I know you were going to laugh. <laughs> you know, preachers, preachers always say, finally, and then fumes, another finally. <laughs> and we say, when are we going to get the final finally? <laughs> okay, get it. <laughs> Psalm 134. Angela, cut it out, please. <laughs> the word says, come, or behold, that look. Come bless the Lord. Come bless the Lord. 
all you servants of the Lord. How many servants of God do we have here? Who stand by night in the house of the Lord. Verse 2. Lift up your hands in the sanctuary. Are we in the sanctuary now? Lift up your hands in the sanctuary. And then do the blessing of the Lord. It's really for you. Paul said, I desire, in other words, the Holy Spirit says, I desire above all things that men everywhere lift up holy hands. Everyone lift up holy hands and bless the Lord. That's what we need to do. Stand up this morning. We're going to be blessing the Lord. Where's our musicians? Please come. We got to dance a little bit. We got to see some practice. I like to practice. Experiment. Okay? So, um, we worship God. We want to worship God. I don't think I told them about this, but we got to do it. So we can free ourselves. Amen? So we can free ourselves. And then we do all of it. It's so important because uh, they, we've already had communion this morning, right? We had the blessing from God's word. We worship God. We give our offering. And then God will heal the sick. Amen? God will do that. So let's, let's worship God. Sometimes we are too much in a hurry. God's not able to reach us. That's happening to us. We need to slow down. You need to slow down. Read in the Psalms. This running around, God says it's not profitable for you. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. God will add all of these things to you. That's what that's the God we serve. Can we? Go ahead. I'm gonna go down so I can dance.
Now get your wallets out. <laughs> 